So we need to apologize to people. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, no, no. We do not need to apologize to anyone. You were traveling this week, too. But. You're right. Yoko. Yeah. Your wife, Yoko, (laughs) uh, has some sort of vendetta against this podcast and doesn't want us to record anything ever. She ixnayed the last time that we were here. And it's just funny that this is the only night that you can record and she just happens to be out of town yeah does she even know about this podcast she does she doesn't listen to it uh unless she's unless she's a guest on the show she won't listen to it and she hasn't been a guest on the show right right oh no i guess she was for the new year's one yeah but But she yeah she listened to that count yeah like 30 seconds of that and she's like nope 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 too much yeah um hey but by the way welcome to uh if you're bored i'm adam i'm nate and tonight we are drinking we have we have a bunch of bottles lined up uh because we couldn't really decide on what we wanted to drink tonight so i'm drinking some sort of something called a bastille bastille um handmade and finished in french limousine oak casks french limousine oh okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's missing the e at the end of limousine limousine. i like Um, to think that these that there's a wooden limousine out there yeah (laughs) there was deconstructed and built into an oak cask it's gross, though. I think of like one of those sh- old, shitty Lincoln Continental limos from like oh, yeah. late 90s or early 2000s oh, that you took to prom. Like, <laughs> I was thinking earlier than that, like 80s, like there's probably cocaine dust Oh, on yeah, it like and, the square-shaped yeah. the square shaped ones. Yeah, and like mobsters uh, used to have their guma in the back. <laughs> yeah, that's right. My guma. My guma. Uh, yeah. It's a really light, it's a really light um, whiskey. Yeah, uh, I like it. It's good. Like you can see right through the bottle. I'm drinking the Spice King, which is a scotch um, from Scotland obviously one would hope uh and it is actually very spicy especially right uh right in the beginning but as i've had the ice melt a little bit as we were trying to set up our new device uh it's definitely mellowed out a little bit good so but it's good i yeah. enjoy it and then we have another uh we have an indian whiskey in reserve if, yeah uh, so it's open but i don't remember drinking it so i don't know if someone else i don't know if my wife got into it maybe my two-year-old daughter hmm someone's hit probably your daughter yeah because she can reach the cupboard that's <laughs> yeah. seven feet in the air seriously uh I, i'm a little worried looking at the closet though and how uh how light some of the bottles are getting yeah we're getting down there and i feel bad because your wife spent a lot of hard-earned money on this christmas gift for you and all we've really done i've just completely mooched off of you drinking yeah. it well this friendship is over once those uh, <laughs> it's kind of like the have you been to the tower of london when uh, the last raven leaves, like the empire will fall. Oh, so yeah, yeah, when yeah. the last sip goes away, there's no this more podcast. Uh, Our fans are hoping we get to episode fifty, though. <laughs> I don't. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know if I'd call them fans. They're just probably family members or <laughs> close personal friends. Bill, Bill. Um, so speaking of Bill, kind yeah. of. Uh, I was down in his neck of the woods, kind of. I was down in Atlanta this past week, uh, the and, south, and I have a crazy story for you. So have you, have you been to Atlanta before? Yes. Okay. I've been to, I've been to Atlanta and I've been to Marietta. So good. That's, which is where you were. Right. So I was down uh, shooting a commercial um, and we were in, the commercial shoot was in Marietta. We were actually staying in this place called The Battery, uh, which is this new development. They moved the Atlanta Braves up there. Oh, okay. So built a stadium. The hotel we're staying in, staying, or we stayed in was the Omni and it actually looks out onto the field. It's pretty cool. Oh, cool. There's no game going on because uh, clearly that's yeah. not in season, but uh, it was pretty cool to just kind of see the stadium and just walk around the grounds and stuff. It's rad. But I'm down there to shoot this commercial with uh, Chase Elliott, who's who's a NASCAR driver. Yep. 
Is, is, he, he, is he from Atlanta? I think so. If he's not from Atlanta, he's from like North Carolina. Okay. Um, so we're down there and instantly I like hit it off with the director. Director's just awesome. Very chill guy. Just really cool. Um, really open to like taking suggestions. He's from Atlanta. He knows like all the cool places to go. So we're kind of hanging out like day one. We're doing callbacks for casting because we had to like figure out who was going to be in this commercial yeah. aside from Chase Elliott. And the director says, hey man, tomorrow night we're going out. You're like, okay. Yeah. So he's like, I got a great place to go to dinner and then afterwards I'm going to take you to this place but I'm not going to tell you anything about it because I don't want you to know anything about it going in. <laughs> Which is like, like you never follow a hippie to a second location. Like already yeah, I'm yeah. wondering what the hell is going on with this guy. Uh, but he's so cool. He's chill. He's from Atlanta. He's got that draw. He's like, hey man, we're yeah. going to do this. is going to be great. Uh, and I actually just... Uh, it, what reminded me of you is, you know, whenever you go into the South, you kind of pick up that, that drawl. The drawl. So yeah. I definitely, I threw out a few y'alls while I was down Ooh. there. And it, I was only down like, there. Yankee, get out of here. Yeah, I mean, really, you carpetbagger. <laughs> so so uh, we go out to dinner. We go to this place called Tiny Lou's. Tiny Lou's is a great French restaurant. Uh, we had, Red will appreciate this. We had some Chateau Neuf de Pop. Mm-hmm. It was uh, very good. And um, it's in this hotel called the Claremont Hotel. Okay. I guess like two years ago, this place was a shithole. Totally run down, falling apart. Homeless people were living in it, graffiti everywhere. Someone buys it, redoes it. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's a boutique hotel. There's this like exquisite French restaurant in it. Just awesome. Huh. Uh, so Is it in a bad neighborhood? Uh, I don't think so. I, I No. I, no, it wasn't. Okay. But it, I think it just fallen into disrepair. It's and, interesting that it took such a 180 yeah, turn. Seriously. I mean, in a, a big 180. And um, we're, we eat, we have, we go through bottles and I've got like a rest of my team there. So it's not just him and I, we go through bottles of red wine. We're having great food. We go for dessert. It's 1130 and I'm tired, right? Like it's been a long day. I just want to go back to the hotel and crash. He's like, all right, so we're going downstairs (laughs) and I'm already downstairs. Like we're in a very (laughs) low level. I'm like, what's downstairs? And he said, but we can't get there from here. So we, we finished dinner. We leave the, the building and walk around this like dark alley and we go to the Claremont lounge. So the Claremont lounge has been there for decades uh-huh. and I wouldn't call it a dive bar. I wouldn't call it a strip club and I wouldn't car- call it a karaoke bar, okay. but I would call it all three. And this place is just disgusting. And I I don't think you can still smoke in bars in Georgia but in this, but place. in this one, you can. Did it have a sign on the door, or it's like one of those just nondescript doors in a back alley? You got to knock three uh, times. No, there, there is a there. I, I honestly think the sign was like hand painted. Okay, but not in a good way, like <laughs> like cardboard and like you know, maybe <laughs> not it was a sharpie. Yeah. Um. So we go in, and I'm just like hit with cigarette smoke, and I haven't I haven't smoked a cigarette in 15 years. I mean, oh, it's been it's a disgusting. long time, and. I, I, I haven't walked out of a bar smelling like cigarettes in a very long time. So we get in there, and the first thing I'm like gasping for air, but I get used to it. It's pitch black. When they updated the hotel, they didn't update the Claremont Lounge. <laughs> That's where the construction workers went after their shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, yeah, basically. Um, they did have to close down the lounge for a couple of months because there were bed bugs. Oh, my God. Yeah. So How did, you, did you add the director told you this? Was this like his selling point? Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> so I looked it up afterward. Oh, okay. Uh, and so it is a strip club as well. 
But when I, you know, when you think of strip club, you think of like flashing lights and like yeah. next up to the stage. Not that you've ever been to one, but never. Um, this ha- they have one stage, uh huh, and it's not flashy at all. And the strippers there are not what you'd call regular strippers, right? <laughs> yeah, they're they're like. Uh, and, and I'm honestly, this is not an exaggeration. And I'm not trying to be a dick. Some of them are probably pushing 300 pounds. Oh, yeah, interesting. Uh, but, but there is this really kind of cool vibe about it, right? Uh-huh. So it's like people are really enjoying themselves. I'd I'd say there were more women there than there were men. Uh huh. And people are like singing karaoke, and a lot of people are having fun. Uh, we were drinking Miller High Life the entire time. Classy. But so the guy. Uh, one of the guys on my team had never been on a television shoot before. So it's kind of we're like, we got to indoctrinate this guy a little yep. bit. We got to get him like used to it. He'd are never there, been to- but are there like things that happen out of the ordinary on television shoot like weeks when you guys are doing this? No, I mean, you, generally speaking, they're, they're a lot of fun yeah. because you're just like a bunch of guys or whomever. We actually had girls on this trip. Um, but just hanging out like in a new town, eating really good food at the company's expense yeah. um, and having a good time. But he'd never really he'd never been like on set before, so we really wanted to just okay. kind of get him used to it and kind of yep. uh, kind of haze him a little bit. So the director, um, kind of a three hundred pound stripper. <laughs> well, the director says, "Hey Adam, do you have twenty bucks on you?" I'm like, "Yeah, I got twenty bucks. What do you, what do you need?" <laughs> and he said, "He said go get Basil. Basil's the the, new, the guy that we're, we're uh, the new guy. Yeah, yeah, uh, and have him sit in this chair." Basil oh sees God. it He's like gesturing to me And Basil takes off He's like Fuck <laughs> this I'm out I don't know what's happening But in this place Anything could happen I'm gonna get Doesn't bed bugs it. Like yeah it's bad oh. So I get I grab Basil I'm like dude you. This is your first t- TV shoot Granted I never did anything Like this in my first TV <laughs> shoot I sit him down in the chair uh, And then I see the director Run off And get Blondie Ooh Yeah Blondie Blondie, Blondie. I hand Blondie $20 And Blondie says all right, who's the, who's the guy? And at this point, I realize Blondie has no teeth. Uh, or, or if she does, they're in the back. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Blondie, as she told me, was sixty-two years old. Mm-hmm. A short African American woman wearing a blonde wig and a cowboy hat. <laughs> uh, so I, I point her out to Basil. I'm like, or I, I well, I point to Basil, and she says, "Okay, I'll be right back." She goes somewhere. And comes back with an empty PBR. My thought is that she probably just drank the PBR and just yeah. in the back room. Like, All right. Came back. She sits Basil, or, or Basil was already in the chair, and she takes out maybe the most disgusting pair of boobs I've ever seen in my life. Uh. I, I mean, like deflated balloons. Oh like they look God. like they could have been ironed, like they needed an ironing. <laughs> I mean, just like steam press. Oh, yeah. Like there is nothing. Oh, my God. And I don't, I don't mean to disparage this woman, but. She seemed to be totally comfortable with her her comfortable with her position in life. Yeah, she does it for a living. Yeah, so she takes off Basil's glasses because he's wearing glasses, and hands them to him, and he holds them. And then she takes the empty PBR and puts it on his nose, like the bridge of his nose, and has his head <laughs> came up. She takes her boobs and crushes the can <laughs> on his nose. Right, <laughs> then she flips it over and then does it does it horizontal and crushes it again. Oh so it's God. like this little square. Then, and I don't know where this came from, she pulls out a Ziploc bag. Oh, no, sorry. She signs the can first to Basil, <laughs> puts it in a Ziploc bag, reads Basil a line of her poetry oh <laughs> that she'd written. And gives it to him. Gives it to him. And he was, Basil was like, holy shit. He has a souvenir yeah, to that, go home with. Yes. Is it, he married? 
No, okay. he's, got, he's got a girlfriend, and I don't think she knows the story. <laughs> I'm um, just saying, come home with that and be like, I got a souvenir when Atlanta. Yeah, and honestly, maybe the best twenty dollars I ever spent in my life. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty good twenty dollars. It was, uh, it was a good time. That's hysterical. Yeah, that's, man, so, that's an interesting way to indoctrinate. Somebody. Yes, uh, not any way that I would recommend yeah. uh, or had known about beforehand, but definitely worth a shot if you're in Atlanta and you want to go to the Claremont Lounge, and if Blondie's working. Make sure you bring. How the bucks. fuck do you discover that that is what twenty dollars gets you in this place? Like, like uh, you just you become a regular there, and you're like, you yeah. Know what, what could twenty dollars get me? Oh, it's a lap dance, or you know, maybe some attention from somebody. And then you see this woman, Blondie. You're like, I bet she'll crush a beer can for twenty bucks. Well, so Blondie's a bit of a legend. Yeah, and she's clearly. she's kind of like a, a an icon of Atlanta. <laughs> she, there's there's Martin Luther King. <laughs> and Blondie. <laughs> um, does she have an Instagram? Let's look her up. I bet she she probably does. Um, I actually I did look up the Claremont Lounge after that and and found the site and Blondie's all over it. There's pictures of her with like Jack Black and oh my gosh, um, yeah. So uh, so if you're listening, go check out. But honestly, like it it wasn't even like I wouldn't even call it a strip club because yeah, there was like some naked stuff happening, yep. but for the most part, it was just a dive bar. With really horrible karaoke, by the way. I've never heard people sing so poorly. Really, dude. It would. I like. I've never booed anyone <laughs> in karaoke. I was you booing these people. Of course, I was like maybe ten Miller High Life's in, but I and a bunch of bottles of wine, and a bunch of bottle. Of, I mean, and you're I, being egged on by this director who is like king of the town, apparently. Yeah, it's so much fun and like such a great time. Love this director. Definitely want to work with him again. Not because he brought me to the Claremont Lounge, but because <laughs> he's a good Because uh, he sounds epic. It was an epic thing. Anyone who's anyone needs to go to the Claremont Lounge. All right. So next time I'm in Atlanta, which is never. You never I'll know. Go. Maybe I'll have to make a trip down there. But even if you have like a layover, <laughs> right? Because every, every, every flight yeah, goes, lot, through Atlanta, goes right? to Atlanta, right? Yes. Go to the Claremont Lounge. Bring a 20. Actually, bring more than 20 because you're going to want to get some, some Miller High Life. You want to get a few. Uh, and you know what? I didn't actually buy any beer down there, so I don't know. It may be cash only, so you what might just need to bring a bunch of cash. Okay. Um, but yeah, super fun. How come she didn't crush a Miller High Life can? Uh, it's not- Notoriously, she only... It's only PBR. She she might be sponsored by PBR. <laughs> Sounds like a woman of my dreams. Yeah. I'm a PBR man. It was so. absolutely spectacular. God. So yeah. How do I follow up with that story? Um, you should have ended with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were in. Costa I was in Costa Rica. Rica. Yeah. So, what did uh, your mother-in-law do? Uh, she read four books. Oh, that's good. <laughs> in that seven days, yeah, she did a lot of reading. So, you, we, and I, sorry, readers, but we'd already kind of caught up about Costa Rica. But you told me about these, not raccoons, not cats, not monkeys, but they're what are they called? They're Costa Rican raccoons, basically, but they're okay. called coatis. So, is this like a koi wolf, but for uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah, exactly, mythological uh, beast? I've actually seen photos and videos of this, so I know that this uh, they're por- real. And it was funny on the first morning because uh, we got there. Uh, after the sun went down on whenever it was Thursday or Friday night. And um, we just all went to bed. We were tired. We woke up the next morning. We're like, oh, yeah, we're in paradise. There's a nice pool in the backyard. Let's make breakfast, have coffee and whatnot. And as we're sitting on the back deck, all of a sudden this little creature, looks like a more attractive raccoon, just sort of scurries out of the woods yeah. and goes to the Thinner, bigger uh, chest. <laughs> Yeah, sexier, a little sexier, a little sexier, Had more nice... attractive raccoon. Yeah, more attractive raccoons. I guess they're like kind of cute looking, but I mean, you also not know the worst just... looking things. They're yeah, not they're possums. Just dumpster divers are gross. So you're judging them based on their on Eating what they habits. do. Not... Yeah. Yes. Okay, that's fine. Um, 
however, this Kawadi, this, this Costa Rican raccoon, all of a sudden just like dips its head down into our saltwater pool and starts drinking it. Oh, I didn't know it was salt water. Yeah. Oof. And just starts drinking. I was like, what the hell? And Gracie's dad was like, hey, get out of here. He was like, right, started yes. clapping. Get away, it. get away. And so it like scurried off three feet and then looked back. He was like, really? You want to come after me? And he's like, okay, I'm going to go after you some more. And there's like another three feet. He's like, hey, I'm still here. He's tempting your, your so, father-in-law. Well, you could just tell like they're used to humans. And yeah. then 20 minutes later, one more comes. And he's like, hey, get out of here. And scurries it away. Holy shit. And we're like, man, okay, wow. We've seen some wildlife here in Costa Rica. I wonder right. how and, often and you, this At this happen. point, you're assuming that's as crazy as that's it's it. going to get. You're not going to see anything else. All of a sudden, mom, dad, eight babies, and then like three other nephews and cousins or whatever all yeah. just swarm the pool and start drinking. And we're like, holy shit. <laughs> I've been to that hotel, except it wasn't, <laughs> it was like my <laughs> my in-laws that everyone just shows up. <laughs> they just all bombard the place. Yeah. And so Gracie's dad was like, forget it. Obviously, we are late to the party, and this they do that yeah. every single day. And sure enough, they would do it every single morning, every single night, and then there would be some stragglers throughout the day drinking. It gets hot during the day. I'm sure. So these guys are like trying to find any any comfort. That saltwater pool? Yeah. Oh. They, must have, they must adapt to it because during the dry season, there's no water. Oh, yeah, yeah, Other yeah. than the ocean. Is it the dry season now? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it really only rains for like two, maybe three months um, down there. But when it rains, it pours. Yeah. So like they're in heaven then because it's sure. still kind of warm out, but everything's soaking wet. Are they dangerous? Um, they can they can go after you. Like okay. if you get near young or something when they're when they're babies. Yeah. Um, but I don't. They don't have rabies issues like uh, up like here. raccoons up here. I think so. That's good. Uh, but yeah, there's there were a bunch of those. There's iguanas all over the pool, um, howler monkeys. Which holy shit! You want to talk about a just bizarre sound? I've never. It's, I don't think I've ever heard. I don't think I've ever seen a. Howler it's like monkey. a low. It's like a low revving jet engine. Uh, You're gonna have to do it. <laughs> really? Yes. It sounds, like, it sounds like me when I got out of the Claremont Lounge trying yeah. to breathe. <laughs> that or you vomiting or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It is, yeah, no, and they would do it a little bit. Actually, the first time I noticed it is when a, a plane flew overhead, and it was like making, it was a turboprop plane, so as it came over, it had a little bit of that, you know, that turbo jet engine sound, yeah. and the howler monkeys were mimicking it. No way. And I was like, wait, did that just echo off of something around? You know, I just couldn't tell. And then that night, they are sitting in the tree right outside our bedroom, just howling, 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 making that noise. And you're sitting there wide-eyed thinking somebody's getting murdered out there or these monkeys are just going at each other. <laughs> but it's just the noise that they make. And it, for seven nights, yeah. they would do it. So we didn't oh. sleep well some of the nights just dealing with them. Um, so this reminds me of a story. My buddy was in an acapella group. And he, you know, they would go to like different, they would play different concerts yeah, and yep. stuff. Uh, so there was one concert he was doing, I think like they, they were in like, they'd already started singing and stuff. The lights were, they couldn't see the audience lights were down and they hear like this commotion in the background and there's like a group of people moving in to the back Yep. and they're making noise the entire time. So he's, yeah, cool. Thanks. Yeah. Right. Uh, just really annoying. Like it, it didn't really affect them, but at the end as a joke, he's like, Hey guys, just want to thank you guys for coming out. Had a great time except for the howler monkeys in the back. Lights turn on. Bunch of mentally disabled people had moved in <laughs> to the oh. back. It was like them making noise. He was like, "Well, I can never play this place oh. again." <laughs> yeah, oh my God. yeah. I was like, "Holy shit, dude!" 
Ouch. Yeah. That uh, that backfired. Backfired. He's like, I'm going to make a quick joke. Yeah. I mean, we've all been there, but to do it on such a grand scale oh, is... Oof. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Except for all the howler monkeys in the back. That's legit. At least you didn't... That's not like a derogatory term for... Uh, I I don't think so. I mean, I don't know if I'd want to be called a howler, mon- howler monkey. Probably not. Um, but yeah, he... Uh, nice. I do not think they play there again. Um so what you guys did, did you guys actually surf when you were down there? Or? We didn't. So Gracie's brother and sister in law ended up not coming down. Okay, he's big into surfing. My brother in law, uh, and we had rented a golf cart, which was like kind of a lot of money to get around and explore things. And we just had other things that we were going to do. And frankly, yeah. you either surf first thing in the morning or last thing at night, like as the sun's going down. Yeah, beautiful time to surf, oh, and sure. the ocean is like the waves are perfect. But that's also when all the locals are out there. And they're really good at surfing. And they don't want you out there. Yeah. So here you are, the the Western a-hole down there, you know, taking over their waves. And the last time that we did it, when we were there two years ago. Wouldn't they be Western as well? Westerners? No, they're Central American. They're Ticos. uh, Okay. But you're... I guess they're technically Westerners, right? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Because you're west of... uh... Wait, is Costa Rica west of Connecticut? Yes. Yes. Okay, I know it's weird. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, It is west, but like Westerners... Typically refer the white to man. like yes, the white Europeans, man. Americans, Canadians. Gotcha. Uh, like Mexico, Mexico City is west of Connecticut, but I probably wouldn't call a Mexican a Mexican a Westerner. That's because you're a racist, <laughs> or you're anti-geography. Maybe you're right. Um, so so no surfing, but the was the water warm? Oh yeah, the water's great. Could you see any fish? And, yeah, and like fish would hit your legs at the right, like oh, especially man. when the sun was going down, like when it was feeding hour, mm. fish were going by all the time. That's awesome. Um, but they're, I mean, it's not right at the beach. It's not tropical fish, but right. there are guys that are standing there surf casting or awesome. they're like, uh, wooden boats that just get launched from the beach. Uh, the guy throws a motor on there. They go out maybe 200 yards and then they catch these giant fish. That's awesome. Um, I forget. They do get Marlin and swordfish and stuff down there, but these were, uh, slightly smaller fish and just like market fish. So yeah. if you caught one of those boats coming in in the morning and they had their line, you know, thrown over their shoulder with a bunch of fish tied to it, you could just pay them on the spot oh, some that's cash cool. and just get oh, a fresh no fish. Yeah. Just like whatever they caught that yeah. day. So that's we, awesome. We man. missed it uh, uh, all the mornings that they were coming in. And for whatever reason, the timing just wasn't right. We ended up getting some good fish, but it was from the market and it was 12 hours old instead of an hour old. <laughs> yeah. So it's still really fresh. Uh, but yeah, it's a really cool place. It's just, it's off the beaten path. Um there are Westerners tourists there, but it's hard to get to because of the dirt roads. It's uh, so funny that 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 really the difficulty in getting somewhere will keep Americans yeah. away. Yeah, it's ridiculous, which is great, which is perfect. I mean, it sucks for those of us who go there not because or to escape the Americans and still find that they're still, they're still there, there. But um, yeah, like when we go to like Montenegro or yep. uh, you know wherever. Down in Mexico, where my brother got married, yeah. not not a lot of Westerners because it's just so hard to get to. Um, but just those are the better places to go. Yes, like one hundred percent. Why why would you go where the rest of the masses can go? If especially if it's the same price or cheaper, mm-hmm. like so, put an extra two hours of travel in to totally. go somewhere new and cool and different. Well, a lot of times I'll look to see where cruise shops or cruise ships will stop, yeah. and I won't go to those and places. Stay far away from that. Yeah, I mean, That's even true. when we're in Santorini, like they can't go to Ia. Which is like oh, the yeah. northern. So we yeah. stayed in Ia because uh, down south is where all the the cruise it's ships are. Yeah. yeah, and but then you walks know what? Up the stairs. And they walk up the stairs right exactly. But then they start busing people to Ia uh. off the cruise ship. <laughs> I'm like, this sucks. Get out of here. So don't listen to me. I don't know what I'm talking. All about. right. 
Uh, were there big waves in Costa Rica? I mean, were there like it's I mean, they're surfable, but it's consistent two foot waves, one oh. one to three feet. Oh, so it's not That's huge. It. No, but okay. well, you know, you measure a wave from the back side. So when you're looking at it, yeah, some of them can look big, like five feet, six feet, and you're like, oh, I need to you know swim under that. Um, right. But it's for surfing, just like perfect sets because it, uh, especially at low tide, it's it's just you basically walk out you know 100 yards and you're still only up to your thighs or something right uh so the waves set really really far out so you can surf them far out and you can surf them for a long time that's awesome so yeah it was great we had a good time um we'll definitely be going back either in a year or two who yeah knows? it's kind of like uh, your place yeah it's a it's a good place to go to with with gracie's family um but we also have to plan our uh honeymoon do you have any idea where so. you're going I would really like to go to Fiji and New Zealand. Fuck yeah. Uh, Hell yeah. But I got to plan that. Uh, I happen to have a friend who is Fijian. What? Um, that- so she like knows everything there is to know about the islands. Fijian? Fijian. Fijian. She's Fijian, yeah. And she lived in Costa Rica for five years. I don't know if I've years. ever heard the term Fijian before. Really? Yeah. She's Fijian. I like it. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. I don't, I'm, I'm sure it is. It's I, not I've, Fijian. Again, I've never met anyone from Fiji. Well. She's I do really like cool. their water, though. I drink their water because I'm a, I'm a little bitch. Delicious artisanal yeah. water. Um, she's single, if you're interested. Uh, no, I'm married. Okay. All right. I mean, is she cute? Yeah. Oh, then yeah. 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 Send her she's my way. She's Fijian. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't tell you means. what they look like. So in the last two weeks, basically, a lot has happened in our general sphere uh, of things that we're interested in. Yes, totally. Um, I guess we'll start with the big one. Formula One started. And I can hear people turning off yeah. this podcast right now. But who cares? The whole point of this podcast is to talk about stuff that we're interested yes, in. Yes, I totally agree. And yeah, it did start. Um, and before it kicked off, I I don't know why I even thought of this. I think I got an email that said, hey, Formula One starting. You should start your Formula One fantasy oh, team. Shit. I forgot. Yeah, I forgot we're doing this. I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll give that a shot. There are fantasy teams for everything. Totally. And I have no idea. How to, like I barely know how to do fantasy football. I have no idea what I'm doing with this. Well, it was pretty straightforward selecting the team, right? But can, now, can we switch our drivers and our you you? Uh, do we get I, substitutions? Yeah, I have to look at it. I think you get a sub. You get one free substitution every week. Uh, or is it just, every week? I don't know. Oh, I, I should read the, the book. Yeah, we should read the. Rules. I think technically I'm the uh, the you're the commissioner. The commissioner. <laughs> I don't even um, know if they have commissioners. Yeah, you do get. I know you get one free substitution, and then you have to pay for them after that. But Okay. I don't know if you pay pay for that with like your remaining budget after you bought the constructor right. and your five drivers. Um, right. Do you do you I have how much remaining budget do you have? Like two million dollars. Yeah, I think that's exactly what I have. Uh, yeah. I, I was like trying to game who can I buy that are top drivers. Somehow Manny, the other guy who's playing with us. <laughs> we, by the way, we only have three people in our family. Yeah, no, how many people? How little yeah. people like Formula One? I don't uh, understand because you obviously got me hooked relatively hooked on it last season yeah and i was like okay yeah, this is kind of interesting and then i found myself following it more and more at the end of the season and especially in the off season yes and then once you turned the fantasy thing on i was like okay all right i'm really going to be invested in this season now yeah and i watched the netflix documentary that right. has come out that actually a lot of people have been talking about a lot of people uh i was surprised i guess netflix reaches enough people that it can, it can uh but you know it, it got it got really good reviews and i okay. think um 
I think people were just kind of like, oh, this is different. Yeah. Like, I should check it out. And they, like, Netflix had, did they have Driver or that other one? Or was that uh, Amazon? Yeah. Okay. But I, there's definitely, like, a market out there for it. And definitely. I, I'm sure they probably gear it a little bit toward the European market. Uh, Do you think? I feel like they geared it towards the American market because they're trying to grow the base here. Maybe. Maybe. Because I'm wondering, yeah. they have a, they have a, a, the president of Formula One. Uh, just recently, he's only been there for like two years. Happens to be a Connecticut resident. Oh, really? Yeah, this is a guy, the, the one that. Oh, um, right, right, right. My parents know. Yeah. Um, and their big thing is like, how do we grow this sport? Obviously, it's huge in Europe. It's huge in Spain. It's huge in Mexico. It's huge in Australia. Right. And especially because those countries all have drivers in Formula One. The U.S. doesn't have anybody. Canada has one because he's a spoiled little brat. Yeah, which I didn't uh, even know about. I, I didn't know that either. That's what was fascinating. I guess uh, he's I, – I looked him up. So Lance Stroll, his father is a billionaire from Canada. Again, didn't know there were billionaires in Canada. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, They're mostly Chinese yeah. in like Vancouver. Right. But. Yes, exactly. So Lawrence Stroll uh, was contributing to Force India. Williams. Or, oh, I'm sorry, Williams. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Sorry, I have it backwards. Contributing to Williams, Lance Stroll was racing for Williams. Nepotism. Conflict right? of interest, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the or the head of uh, Force India basically... Indicted. Yeah, got indicted and extradited. Uh, so Lance, Lance Stroll's father, Lawrence Stroll, basically took over Force India. Yeah. And the next thing you know, Lance Stroll's now racing for Force India. So it's this is actually... It's really, that's really messed up. It's super messed up because... This happens with NASCAR, too, and I don't know a lot about NASCAR, but again, I was down in Atlanta this past week filming with Chase Elliott, who's a NASCAR driver. Uh, the dude does not like talking about NASCAR, huh? which is fine, but he does love talking about the politics and the funds that you need to do it. And he said a really interesting thing. He said, if you have $50 million, you can't go be a quarterback in the NFL. You just like you can't buy your way into that. Yeah. You could true. be the world's shittiest driver and if you have 50 million dollars, you can race at Daytona. Daytona. And that's the same with Formula 1 and uh, like Lance Stroll like Yeah. And I give uh I give uh Hamilton credit because he even said to uh yep. to Ocon yes. I don't know. Uh I maybe you haven't gotten to that part, but he was they were at a, a press conference and he's like, "Listen, like, you know, it shouldn't be about how much money you have, but what a good driver you are, you know." Yeah, it should be. Kind of slamming Stroll and saying like, "Take on or don't leave Ocon in the dust." And yeah. Yeah, and there was another um, uh, Sergio Perez uh, for Force India mm -hmm. uh, stayed on, and the team cited because he came with so many sponsors exactly. and with so much money. Yeah, I actually felt him. bad for Ocon. I know, like, I, no, I like come from nothing. Kid's twenty years old. Yeah, like, he's just uh, he's an up and coming driver, but he's now the backup at Mercedes, so I'm sure he's probably yeah. doing all right. Doing okay. Um, but yeah, so what, like any surprises from watching this this documentary so far? Uh, the money thing and sponsorship thing was surprising. Yeah. Um, the the true depth of hatred between teammates. Yeah. Uh, you know, Especially I knew that there was. Yeah, and on Red Bull. Um, yeah. For last season. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know, I of course they're competitive and they're and the second driver is competing for the first driver seat and the first driver is competing in the best teams for right. world championship. So anytime the teammate is doing better. That's harming them. Yep. Maybe more resources go to the second driver. So I get it. It's a big ego thing. And you don't get to that level without being an egotistical prick and only wanting success for yourself, right? Right. Well, so, yeah, unfortunately. <coughs> I mean, that's, that could be said in any 
any sport, any of business. course, yeah. and anybody at the top of their at the top of their game. Absolutely. Um, so but, when you mix those two together in a team, and they're supposed to be they're racing the exact same car, so right. basically you're just you're comparing times on the exact same machine. Yeah. To see who is better. It's like rowing reference. Why why are kids so scared of a 2,000-meter ergometer test? Because it's just like a base standard that yeah. everybody can relate to and is all on the same exact machine. Yep. And if somebody is faster than you, then boom, you are, you've just been compared to being worse than somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. So these teammates are out there racing each other in the exact same equipment. And the second driver could argue all day long because he's the second driver. He's not getting the same resources and access or whatever right. that the top driver is totally. getting. So that dynamic was really interesting to me in the documentary. Yeah. Um, you know, you see teamwork at play in these races mm-hmm. and you only understand it from the spectator's point of view, but right. there are conversations going on with Botas and Hamilton that Botas needs to, you know, box out Vettel if he's in, if right. they're in second and third place so that Hamilton can win or, right. you know, whatever, whatever the situation is. <laughs> but look at last weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Which was awesome. So last weekend uh, for, Everyone listening who doesn't watch Formula One, uh, Hamilton didn't win. Uh, uh, Botas did his his teammate on Mercedes. Yep. Um, and then it was Hamilton. And then it was Hamilton. And then it was Verstappen. Yeah. Who I can't stand. I can't stand him either. He. I hate him more than Hamilton. Yeah. He's he, such a punk. he is a punk. And in the documentary, he came across as a punk douchebag, yep. spoiled little kid. Yeah. Totally. Uh, who but probably he, came with money, but he's a, he's a good driver. But he's right, yeah, he's a fantastic driver, and right. he's the top driver at Red Bull. Yep. Um, and he pushed Danny Ricardo out. Yep. Uh, so I felt bad for Danny Ricardo in the series. I really did. Yeah, I, I laughed did at him during last season because it was like just kind of funny watching him fail in all these races and Red Bull having such a problem with their power unit. Yeah. But then I realized, like, damn, actually, he's a really good kid and a good guy. Yeah. And he had a lot of success with Red Bull, and now you got this punk for stopping. I mean, he'd been with Red Bull for every like beginning. since the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it was. It's a really interesting documentary. If you don't know anything about Formula One, it's definitely a great way to to like get introduced to it. Um, yes. Some of the guys aren't relevant anymore because they're not in Formula One. Like the McLaren team is entirely different. Totally new this year. Yeah. Um, but it's just it's cool to to see how everything sort of functions mostly behind the scenes. And what I liked about it too, and and some people I actually read online that some people were kind of miffed about this, but they don't really talk about Ferrari or Mercedes, right. mostly because they opted not to. Mercedes was like, we don't want to do it. Ferrari probably because they yeah they. But you down. only hear about. I mean, you, yeah, you t- dip into Red Bull a little bit, but it's really like Mercedes and Ferrari, Mercedes and Ferrari right. throughout the season. So it was nice to hear those stories about the teams that aren't right uh, at the forefront and kind of getting their like their dynamic and who runs them and the, the racers and because cool. you can you can laugh at them all season long when you see them doing poorly you're like, right, like roman Williams. grosjean crashing into the wall like every Over. single race and <laughs> every just race. like you are the laughing stock of formula one but then you realize shit that's a human being and like he's struggling he's crying after a race because yeah. it didn't go well and he's really trying to do his best and these teams you know the the worst team on the circuit is still spending 150 million dollars right to to run the season and then you got ferrari and mercedes are doing like 600 million and the fact that you're spending 150 million dollars to be a laughing stock of a sport yep you kind of you feel bad so totally. I, I it was nice to get that perspective on it um also in car news uh grand tour is back yeah right? it's been back for a while Has, oh yeah you're right yeah uh, but we hadn't talked about it no um and i the only reason i i wanted to talk about it um i even made a note wow look at uh, you doing your homework because 
in the most recent episode or a couple episodes ago, um, uh, Richard Hammond brought out the new Aston Martin Vantage, the the V8 Vantage. Oh yeah, 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 right. Yes. Um, yeah, the new V8 Vantage. Uh, and when it comes to Grand Tour and Aston Martins, they have erections over them. <laughs> oh, to- well, they're British. They drool- of course, I know they're British. They drool over them, and sure enough, they do like the epic, you know, fade in, fade out yeah, through course. smoke as this car comes in. That's like dramatic opera music. And the second I saw the car, shoot me if I'm if you think I'm incorrect. I thought it was fucking hideous. It is not an attractive looking car. Yeah, I I, I might have to remember what it looks I'm like. I'm gonna bring it up for you. Okay. Wow. Why wow, you have like different devices here? You. I yeah, I came prepared as we're, as we're trying to set this shit up. Um, so you can scroll through the pictures. Uh, they're kind of old ones on the bottom, but this is the the new one. Um, the front end looks like a Mazda Miata. I was literally just about to say that. Okay, I knew I knew you I knew you know and and would. Yeah, you know what? It's. And then the rest of it looks like a Tesla, like a like a Model Y, a little which bit. we also have to talk about. Yeah, you know, I yeah, it looks like an old like the Jag from like the late nineties with that like kind of long body yeah like style. the X uh, like the XK or whatever. I, you know, I don't, I, don't, I kind of lost Jag back then, yeah. so I don't really know. But um, it's just it's yeah. the lines are not attractive. They're not sporty. The headlights are too small. The the back end is weird with a really long, super thin tail light. Yeah, that's weird. It just it, and Richard Hammond was drooling over it as it drove and said, "Oh, this is actually like a real sports car that you can drive." Well, it's funny is that they've got that like long hood because it's got a V eight in it. Right? Yeah, right. And it's still front engine car. It's not mid engine. Right. Um, right. 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 But I just I was like, wow. For one of the first times, I don't find this car attractive at all. They had like a really good stretch there from twenty thirteen to seventeen. And those were beautiful cars, oh, ridiculous. Yeah. But this one, they just totally messed up. Um, so the Tesla Model Y came out. Yeah. Also, kind of a weird hybrid of a car. It just looks like a thicker. Model 3. Yeah. So, I, I I mean, I understand that they'll be able to mass produce it because they don't have to change a lot of the tooling. Right. But right. why? But see, it didn't look that much more... Well, you know what? It's, it's the third row that's probably yeah. the selling point here, but they're trying to market it as like this uh, entry-level SUV. Right. Like a crossover Crossover SUV. SUV, yeah. And I don't know if they're really going to... I mean, they'll do it because someone, someone will buy it, of course. Yeah, it's but, Tesla. Right. But it's not a design departure from the model three other than it just looks like it has it's took some steroids so i don't know who's really gonna buy that and or 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 why they have to like are they just gonna get rid of the model three and just go with the y i don't know so overall stepping back yeah view from thirty thousand feet while i was in costa rica all these dirt roads uh, down there. Mm-hmm. A lot of cars are built for functionality down there. So they all have uh, safari snorkels, safari yeah. racks. They've got uh, sun canopies. They've got extra spare tires and jacks and air and stuff. So that if you get a flat or you have some issue on these back roads, you're not stranded because you right. would be, you know, in theory for a couple of days before somebody can actually get to you. Um, and occasionally... <laughs> You would see a Q5 or an X1 or X3 drive by, and you're looking at the thing like, it is going to get trashed on these pothole washboard roads. And of course they were. There's so much dust everywhere. Like, the cars are just getting absolutely destroyed. Yeah, you need function. 
not, and, not formed. And it had it had me thinking seeing these completely diametrically opposed vehicles on the roads. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had me thinking like in the United States. Oh, and then also just looking at general cars on the road as we were going to and from the airport on, right, right, right. on a um, on an actual paved road. None of the cars are attractive down there. Uh, <laughs> are they all white? In Mexico, they were all white. Uh, there were a lot of white cars. Our rental was white. Yeah, just uh, to keep the, the sun off. Oh, true. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think about that. But you see the dirt <laughs> like crazy. Yeah, it's a um, trade-off, I guess. Uh, and I, I just noticed, I was like, you know what? A lot of European cars are just really ugly. A lot of Central American cars are just really ugly. But these customers, consumers are buying them because they just want four wheels and maybe they buy slightly more expensive version of four wheels because it's an suv or it might have leather inside uh it might have air conditioning you live in a 95 degree climate you want you want leather but even just think about it in a lot of parts of europe that you've been that's fair they're just they're functional vehicles Mm -hmm. to to get around or small vehicles because the streets are tighter i drove a fiat all over italy and it was a small ass car yeah. that just was just practical because it could get through those small get, streets. Exactly. Yeah. But then you get to the United States, and <laughs> there are so many different versions of cars that people have to have because of looks. And so it was just interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. to think about the two the two sides of it: the functionality of just needing a car to get around right. in Costa Rica, for example, versus the United States. Like, no, 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 I don't need just a car. I need uh, you know, I need a Kia, not a Hyundai, because I like the hood version on the Kia <laughs> right, better right. than what the Hyundai provides. Yeah. And it's just like, is that because we're complete consumers of, oh, yeah, of absolutely. things and we're just, we, we, we buy into the glitz and glamour of, yes, of that stuff? Totally. So where do, I'm just wondering how we fell off of the functional part or did car companies drive us to that stage? Like they uh, said, you don't need something that's just functional. You need something that's beautiful. You need something yes. that's different or attractive. That's exactly what it is. And I think it's a status thing, right? Like you yeah. see, if you're driving an ugly car, people are like, oh, I don't want to yeah. get in your car. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I've driven some ugly cars in my day and not, I wouldn't want to even get in the car. I felt bad for myself. But it's, it's largely uh, targeted, not just in the United States. There are obviously attractive cars in Europe and Japan mm-hmm. and China and stuff. But... Uh, it's certainly a smaller percentage of the world that is more concerned with with that image and that yeah of, oh absolutely that problem than the rest of the world yes and it's what is it you think is just like a a function of economics yeah I do I, well yeah I I think so um, but I think if you the more expensive a car the better looking it's going to be right yeah generally sort except of, maybe unless for that it's Aston a, Martin. yeah the yeah. Aston Martin uh, but. It, <sighs> And, and honestly, like the design of it is not where the money is, right? Yeah, it's usually the right. engine or the yeah, the, the, the technology. So, but they know that, so they're gonna make. They they probably design like the higher end cars and then kind of round the edges a little bit, make it a little more easier on the eyes, and then just try to sell it to Joe Schmo. Yeah, it's true. I just wish there were a place where we lived that I needed a full on like safari car. So that's what you want. You don't you yeah. don't yeah. Okay. I want I want they had you have there are so many old Toyota Land Cruisers, Which FJ Land Cruisers, yeah. such awesome cars. Defenders, Land Rover Defenders all over the place. They're probably cheap too for Dirt some, cheap. Yeah. I started looking them up. I was like, wait, I get one for like four grand down here. How are you doing on the meditation? Pretty bad. Are you? Yeah. So there were a couple days I completely fell off of it. Okay. Um 
the first travel day for Costa Rica. Yeah. Uh, just because it was super long. I like I, I meditated before bed, but it was like falling asleep. Right. Um, and then when I was down there, I did meditate, but it was all completely unguided because um, I just didn't have the service to run an app or anything. So right. I would listen to some music or listen to the waterfall in the pool or whatever. Right. Uh, and then when I got back. Wait, hold on. You said you tripped. Oh, yeah. Or not really. Tripped. Not really trip, but. You had a you had a psychedelic experience. I did while have an experience the second or third day. So a couple of things. All right, now we'll get into the meditating. Uh, <laughs> a few things. Yes, I had this one experience. Okay. I was laying on the pool deck, uh, and it was probably like eleven thirty in the morning. Uh, so the pool deck wasn't quite hot yet, but it was warm, and I had my towel down on it. So right. I was like laying there almost if it was like a radiant heated floor, like a yoga studio or something. That's kind of nice. Yeah. So that was nice. The sun was was beating on my face and uh, the water was making noise, you know, directly next to me. Nobody, I mean, there were other people there, but nobody was making any noise. They're either reading their books or inside or something. Yeah. And so I just closed my eyes. And, uh, you know, when you close your eyes and the sun is directly above you, you can just sort of see that halo uh, totally. in your, your eyelids. And so I just started focusing on that and thinking about that. And all of a sudden that halo centered, you know, from two eyes centered into one image. And I was sort of in like a field of flowers or I was looking into flowers. Yeah, that's and cool. And as I started to look at one flower, it, you know, came closer to my face as if I was walking closer to it or zooming in on a picture or something. And then all of a sudden I realized actually my entire body is shrinking as I'm getting closer <laughs> to this flower. And, and I started. You didn't have any peyote or nothing, eat some weird brownies. Okay. I mean, I had, I don't know, Costa Rican fish and rice and beans. Could do it nonstop. Man. So it was a lot of Mexican food. Um, Wait, a lot of Mexican food. We had rice, beans, tacos, oh. enchiladas. I thought you were just being fish. really fucking racist. No, like you were assuming Mexican that re- Mexicans, Costa Ricans were Mexican. no, okay, Costa Ricans. Just want to make sure. So I started to, like, my body actually started to get smaller as I got closer to the to the inside of, I don't know, whatever the it was, the tulip. The stamen, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kept going further and further in, and all of a sudden I realized, oh, my God, I'm entering this flower. Right. And I'm, I'm going into the, the center of it. And I recognized that, and I sort of stayed there for a couple minutes. And then all of a sudden I started to try and, I started to pass through the flower into something on the other side, but because I am a novice meditator yeah. below level one, I didn't know how to like just let myself go to that other side. Cause you hear right. people talk about it, you know, people who know how to meditate or have these, uh, these sort of out of body experiences during meditation or yep. in some other, uh, some other time uh, during a day when they can just lay back and focus. Uh, and as soon as I recognized that something was happen happening, I yeah. stepped back from it for a second. Oh yeah, and then yeah, yeah. and then I just said, no no no, get back to it and, and relax. And it would it would start to go, and I sort of faded in and out of that. It's kind of cool. Several times, and then I woke up and I was like, whoa! And I didn't say anything to Grace or her parents <laughs> at the time. But it's probably not something you wanted later. to bring up to your in laws. However, you you mentioned that my dreams were crazy vivid for like ten days That's in the awesome. middle of the month, and bizarre dreams not, nothing that was actually like co for the most part coherent like one of them was a an airbus a380 crashing into like the norwalk river 
and rolling oh. over, but then airbags deployed and the plane flipped back over and floated and everybody started swimming to the shore. <laughs> and uh, there was a father there who handed up his little daughter and was like, hold, take my daughter. Like, I need to go save my wife and would just swim away. And then two minutes oh. later, somebody did the exact same thing, but it was their like six-year-old son. And I'm looking around like, no, no, no. They're all coming out of the water right now. Your wife is probably one of those people. You're just not with her right now. <laughs> so in your own dream, you were a hero and also touching little children. Yeah. <laughs> yes, right. you're right. Okay. Um, sure yes, that. I was taking little children from grown men. Right. Yeah. Okay, uh, quite a vivid dream. Do me a favor. Stay away from my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe I was secretly hoping that was going to be you. Just yeah. like pawning off Malin. Um, so the night of Blondie and the Claremont Lounge, yeah. we got I got back to my hotel at about 3.30 in the morning. Oh. And I got in bed. I was definitely still drunk. And I was just like, fuck, I didn't meditate. And I couldn't couldn't do it then because it was already the next day right (laughs) so i have a i missed i missed one day you're a lot better than me yeah but uh it bummed me out because i it was it wasn't just like us competing i really wanted to do the whole that's fair and i and i was bummed thinking about it today i was like shit i'm gonna have to talk to adam about it tonight (laughs) uh because i i think i've missed three days uh and then the other days where it has gotten to like that where you're at the end of the day and i'm laying in bed and it's like 10 o'clock i'm like i just want to go to sleep I'll yep. at least just sort of like I'll either sit up on the edge of the bed or I'll lay there in a, you know, maybe not the most comfortable position so I can't yeah. fall asleep and I'll and I'll get myself into it. But um, I haven't done as many sitting in a chair, uh, you know, tracking or talking through an app meditation that I would have liked to have done. So maybe I reset it and and like really try and stick to it for April or May or something. Yeah. Uh, but have you found any? anything different from um, it not not totally i think i mean i i i don't i don't really think so i mean i haven't had any anxiety attacks but i'm also heavily medicated so <laughs> yeah. uh that kind of prevents that but i think it's um my wife's been dealing with some medical things and yes. uh everything's good everything's great but uh she was like super nervous about all of that and right. uh i was like super calm i was like whatever happens is gonna happen like doesn't i don't get worked up we'll make sure that things are cool and if they're not we'll figure that out but um, but you're normally pretty even keeled yeah but i, I can also hide that like yeah fear and anxiety but you truly people. felt like okay i was yeah I, and i mean clearly i wanted everything to be okay but at the same time it wasn't it wasn't eating me alive yeah. and i know that it was like definitely eating her alive so uh i felt really good that I didn't. I didn't waste my time being anxious, and True. had no reason to True. be anxious. So ultimately, everything's good. My wife's healthy. We're good. <laughs> She's healthy. That's great. Uh, okay. Speaking of healthy, though, I went to the doctor. Yeah. So you and I both went to the doctor recently. Yeah, I went last Friday because um, uh, I had to get a refill. Okay. <laughs> and they're like, "We haven't seen you in, in yeah. years." And you're like, "Okay, well, we'll go check." Yeah. So I go in, uh, and you know how they just kind of weigh you, like no matter yeah. what. Yeah. Yeah. I step on the scale and I'm 187 on a motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Is that heavy for you? I have never been 187. Pounds. Really? Yeah. Freaked me out enough. And the woman, the nurse who uh, weighed me, was at least 400 pounds. <laughs> so, but like, I was so shocked by the number. I was like, "Whoa, I've never been that heavy." And then she kind of looks at me like, "Okay, I'm right. still <laughs> half your weight." Yeah. Uh, but it freaked me out. So I really need to get a plan together. Okay, so. We- you have to start running again and running when you're heavy sucks. Yeah. But I, I mean, I run, I run twice a week, which is not enough. Okay. And it, it will be more now that we're getting into, into yeah. the half marathon season. But I also, 
I, I did a bunch of research because I have very little time, um, and I don't have like a gym in my right my house. And I looked at Tabata. Have you heard of Tabata? Oh yeah. I say you can do a shitload in ten minutes with yeah. no equipment. So I, I think I'm gonna try doing these different Tabata exercises that I found because it's all like body weight, and I don't want to be giant. I want to just be lean. And, and the key to the Tabata though is like when they say maximal effort for 20 seconds you need to be vomiting in 20 seconds maximal effort well i do that do anyway eight times i'm gonna i'm gonna actually okay. i'm gonna put that in i mean 187 do you want pounds. an erg no <laughs> i do not want an erg i there was a, a I can't, few... my wife wouldn't let me get a peloton because she's like there's nowhere we can put it in our house and an erg is eh, yeah it's bigger yeah. you'd, ha- you'd well, have to break it down and yeah you wouldn't be able to just leave it out plus i don't want an erg at all but it's an efficient way to do a tabata because it's whole body and it is brutally hard i did it a few years ago So wait you were doing tabata exercises on the erg or you're just yes okay on the erg so in college we did it um i did it like a strength and fitness uh class gym class or whatever yeah um just to like get credits uh yeah or boost my score whatever um gpa uh (laughs) And it didn't help. Yeah, I was going to say. It's <laughs> um, so. But, uh, yeah, the, the coach had to do him on the spin bike. Uh, he happened to be a rowing coach also, and he was like, you guys probably want to break from the erg. And I was like, of course. So we awesome. do it on the spin bike, which is really hard. You know, we'd either do it out of the saddle with it completely cranked up, so you're putting Jeez, your full dude. body weight at each Ooh, stroke, yeah, or sitting down with it cranked up, so you're absolutely having – You don't get the leverage. You don't get it's the leverage. It's all leg. So you, your muscles – but a few years ago, I was sort of, quote unquote, cramming for the head of the Charles Yeah. because I was busy. Uh, I hadn't been working out at the boathouse enough. I was like, shit, I got to get some sort of threshold, you know, anaerobic work in. And I'd get home from work at 630 or 7 o'clock at night. I'd pull the erg down. I'd warm up for 10 or 15 minutes. And then I'd do a set of Tabatas. And that was my threshold. So, but how long? Like, what were you, what were the numbers? 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off, eight times. That's it. I just do it once. So wow. that's like... And that's enough to fucking kill you. Yeah, it'll absolutely kill you. Is it enough to uh, to broaden your anaerobic base? Not like Yeah, it. I was going to say that. But it was at least maintaining me to a point where I was able to qualify again for the next year. Just like... Gotcha. Just to get through that year because I knew I wasn't going to do anything special. Um, but it is it is plenty to absolutely wipe you. Because you, you go for 20 seconds as hard as you possibly can. Just like not even paying attention to the numbers, just maximal effort. Yeah, so yeah, if, you, if you pick go, the go, 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 even stro- high stroke rating, everything, go. You just, you just go. rip it. Uh, you you definitely want to do good technique if that's what right. you're also yep. trying to focus on. But and then you're just like, okay, wow. And then a 10 second rest is like two and a half strokes, three strokes, yeah, and yeah. then you're right back on it, and you have to go maximal again. And then you're like, okay, great, two or three strokes, maximal again, Fuck. and that's yeah. only three sets, and you got yeah. five more. So I feel like Jan, my old coach, used to do that to us every once in a while. Probably, yeah. He was a bigger fan of shorter rest. Yeah, uh, which I like. I can't do long rest, but (laughs) ten seconds is is not enough. That's pretty fucking short. Interesting. Do we? It's because nothing. Your diet hasn't changed. Uh, Drastically, has it? No, no. But my metabolism hasn't, and I haven't been working out as. Yeah. And because I'm no longer anxious and I don't have horrible anxiety, like that <laughs> your body's not eating fucking it. calories. Yeah. <laughs> so now it's just like I'm just getting fat and lazy. And you're just like, oh, I'm a happy, fat, sad man. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sad. That's not sad. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Just a flabby, happy man. Okay. That kind of hurts. <laughs> <laughs> you don't look 187 pounds. Thanks. Um, I had a physical, and the physical that I 
thought I was going to get, I didn't get. Um, the, so it was the just butt like the finger, or, but a uh, finger of the butt, finger of the butt, the uh, testicular cancer examination, none of that, which you could do on yourself. Uh, no, I know, true, I do that like every two days. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I got a flu shot in March, which was kind of interesting. It's a weird. Uh, and it definitely, I was really tired this afternoon um, and just got blood drawn. But I also smashed my finger between two kettlebells. Yeah, that would hurt. Working out. and uh, But when I was at the doctor, she was like, oh, what happened to your thumb? And I explained it. She's like, ouch, uh, I'm sorry. And I was like... <laughs> Can't you do something? Yeah, else? like can I at least have a shot of Novocaine? Yeah, can I get some fucking it? Percocets? It really fucking hurts. Um, uh, she didn't care. So, well, sorry, dude. That that sucks. That <laughs> really sucks. I'll, I'll yeah, get that, I'll get through it. Um, when I was in uh, college, I had to. Uh, so I was rowing, and I had to get an inhaler uh-huh. because I I had I was getting rid of my asthma, but I had a little bit of asthma, and the inhaler I had, I like bought it like you know cvs and it had steroids so like no 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 I can't use yeah, that yeah, yeah. Let's, let's get a new a new one so i had to go to the um the medical center or whatever it was and you know they're just staffed with people who are like not even close to being out of med school right. <laughs> i go in i'm like hey i just need i just need a an asthma inhaler the guy's like hey have you ever been checked for testicular cancer and i was like oh god no like please this is an excuse yeah. to grab my balls right and so i i'm thinking shit like I'm about to drop my trowel and this guy's going to grab my, my nuts. Uh, I, uh, he leaves. So any, t- like a lot of these stories, whenever someone leaves, when they're having a conversation with you, that it's never going to end up yeah, great. Yeah. He says, I'll be right back. And I'm, it gives me enough time to really start thinking about like what, like, he's, what's possibly coming my way. He, uh, comes back with a briefcase. Yeah. Helga. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the blow up doll is in right. There. And uh, you know in the movies when they have like some badass gun that they need to like put together, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's got like all the foam, like the the pressed foam inside of it. <laughs> opens it up, clicks, clicks, opens it up, and there's just a pair of nuts, like plastic or latex nuts, uh-huh. sitting in the middle of this briefcase. <laughs> and it's just like I swear to God, as he pulls it out, it goes like, <laughs> you know, it's disgusting. And he puts them in my hand, and he said, "Count how many tumors are in these things." And I was like interesting and i i swear to god the only thing i said to him i was like are you gonna watch me do this <laughs> <laughs> he's like just just do it man just do it uh and so i like you know and what do you do you don't want to like get it wrong right but finding and I, I think there were like 12 tumors like yeah it's hard to like know where you started and where you ended right and i don't like fondle my balls that much yeah. so i and i haven't fondled anyone else's balls that i know of <laughs> so i'm like what like how do i even come up with this number at the end and i and i i think i was still wrong with whatever i came up with yeah of course uh and then he gave me a pamphlet and he's like uh send this to the rest of your team and i was like yeah i'll definitely do that no Thanks, i'm telling all schedule appointments with you so you can <laughs> <Yeah>. fondle some <laughs> but disgusting of, uh, uh fake nuts yeah so uh or they were actually testicular patients nuts oh my god that were just <laughs> donated just to medical yeah. science yeah no, I'm pretty sure these were uh, these were latex, but they were like gross skin colored. Gross. Like, oh. But do you know what else though? They were like Caucasian skin colored. So how did how did he know? Uh, yeah. What? But what do you think if there was like an African American gentleman? Yeah, he brings in a different color. I, I don't know. We gotta ask. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that opens up a whole another line of questions. It totally does, man. Uh, that reminds reminds me of two things. One, uh, I thought the story was going in a slightly different direction. Yeah. Um, like I was hoping a, a hot medical student was going to come in. Yeah, no, um, no. Sorry to let you down on that one. When I had appendicitis, 
Oh, uh, Jesus. When, they, when the doctor was trying to figure out, is it actually appendicitis? Because some things were indicating it was. Other things yeah. were indicating it wasn't. Um, I don't know if I've told this story here before, but uh, I, I was at the Yukon uh, Health Center in Connecticut. And it was a full-on doctor who was, who was examining me and, and trying to figure this out. And he said, now, if you don't mind, I, I want to bring in two medical students because um, we're going to try and determine whether you have appendicitis yeah. or a hernia. Uh, and I was like, okay, sure. Like I didn't even think about a hernia. Yeah. Um, so he brings in these two med students. Of course they're two women. Yeah. One of them's kind of attractive, but it doesn't <laughs> matter. Like they're two, they're two girls. They're my age. You know, I'm a, they had great personalities, wonderful personalities. They're very yeah. smart. Yes. Uh, and, um, <laughs> uh, they were like my age or maybe a year or two older. Right. And, uh, my friend Red is actually in the room with me too, and the doctor says to him, he "Goes now, Red. Um, I I'm going to need to pull up Nate's gown. You know, as wearing your medical gown uh, to examine whether he needs a hernia. Do you want to stay here in the room?" And Red was like, "Fuck no." He just <laughs> he was like, "I'm out of here." I'm and, out. Oops. And uh, and then he asked, he goes, "Now, Nate, do you mind if these two med students uh, sit here and and watch me check to see if you have a hernia?" I was like, "Dude," I was like, "Doctor, screw it. Like, I just want to know. This really yeah. hurts." So two women sat there between my legs seeing like the most horrific view of of a man that's like the worst view yeah too. a bad bad view oh, uh oh. and i didn't have a hernia uh, i had appendicitis <laughs> yeah so he's like good we're just confirming that i was like okay I'm, did you get it removed yeah okay like that that night like they determined at six thirty or seven o'clock i had appendicitis wow. and at at midnight or one they pulled it out um so that made me think of my other thing what's your most gruesome injury I so I had the scar on my face. Uh-huh. I was very young when this happened. I was it was late at night. We were at my aunt's house. And my brother was chasing me around a wooden table, and there was like a really sharp corner on it. And I tripped because yeah. I was just exhausted, and it went right through my face. Uh, it's higher now, but it was lower, and I could stick my tongue through it. Oh, really? Yeah. It was open. It was open. It went through my cheek. Holy shit. Um, so I, I was like two or three or something, and I had plastic surgery. That's why I think it's higher. Uh-huh. They um, like pulled it up. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. But yeah. like So that was probably... I don't remember it, but yeah, it was pretty fucking gnarly. That's pretty good. What about you? That's a good one. Um, I don't know. I The the um, the um dumpster cut was pretty gruesome. That was pretty nasty, man. Yeah, but it, it didn't hurt. That was the... You know, that's the only thing about it. Um. But that one, I, I sliced my hand just clean open like a butter knife on the back of a dumpster. And Jesus, dude. To the vein, like cut the vein oh, too and had to get that stitched up. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I have to think if there's something worse than that. Um, this this kettlebell slam. You think that's was, the worst? No, it's not the worst, but it was. it's definitely not fun. And when you, you were broken about it, yes. Okay. A finger. Oh. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, I've never, I feel like everyone's broken. A finger yeah. I've never bad. broken a major bone. That's uh, good. I've broken a finger. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think nothing great. Shit. Either I'm not living enough or my body's made of titanium. <laughs> you're, you're fucking Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay. You're good. I think we've exhausted people enough. Okay. This is my last podcast before I turn 40. That's right. Holy shit. Tomorrow. Should yeah. we have should we have a uh, celebratory drink? No, <laughs> no, I'm too old for that shit. Um, do you feel do you feel anxiety around turning forty? No, not at all. Okay, good. Totally fine with it. 
because I don't have the maturity of the four year old. Right. Like, <laughs> I don't feel. I, what does it mean? It Although really... I do see pictures of me, I'm like, ooh, wow, I'm really old looking. Fine, but you like you may think that you look old. You don't, yeah, don't feel, feel old. No. You don't act old. No. You have a young child. I do. And hopefully having more children. Maybe. Like that's not limiting, hopefully not limiting your, your ability right now. No. Uh, it's just like, it's a kind of an arbitrary number. I know a lot of people assign yeah. value to it. It's just weird because I can remember my dad having a 40th birthday. Oh, yeah. I, I remember. remember my dad's 40th. Yeah. yeah, you're right. And he was like an adult. Yeah. And I don't think I'm an adult. Yes, I own a house, cars, I have a kid, job. But see, your par- but your dad probably felt kind of similar. I know back then it was a little different. But my dad had me late, at least in like the seventies. Like I was yeah. like, like I think he was thirty five when I was born. Okay, but he probably. It's like you look at your parents and all of your parents' friends. Like they are adults, even right. though we're all technically now on the same level right. because we could be peers at an office, yes, uh, in a work setting, or you could be the boss of somebody your parents' age. Right? Uh, you know, there are people way younger than us that are way more successful, may, totally. way more wealthy than. There's we a are. lot. Most of the people younger than me Plenty are more successful. Exactly. Than me. Uh, but they probably were at the same level that we're at. Yeah. And we're thinking the exact same thing. Like, yes. I'm not an adult. Like, I shouldn't have kids. Totally. I can't believe somebody's giving me this responsibility. Like, I'm running a business or I'm working at a company. This is ridiculous. I totally agree. I'm sure it's just the same cycle over and over and over again. I hope so. But it's definitely adjusted over the time. Like, by the time you were 35, you're supposed to be a senior managing partner in right, your right, firm. Right. And uh, if you don't have three or four kids and live in the suburbs, then <laughs> you're, you're not successful. Like, you watch Mad Men. And I'm thinking, right. like, fuck, Don Draper's 36 in that episode. And I'm. 31 i'm not even remotely close to what he's doing yeah no it's ridiculous so good you shouldn't be anxious your wife might say like ew he's yeah. 40 but well she's gonna be 40 someday and i'm gonna right. say the same exact thing to her uh all right man well thanks for coming uh, cool. to my house and bringing nachos <laughs> yeah and uh and drinking more of your liquor and celebrating your uh being 40 next episode fuck mm-hmm.